Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Hey guys, this is a live episode from... uh, Dragon Con, Saturday, October 31st at 10 a.m. I did notice when I was editing this that the volume is kind of low, so I turned up the audio on all the tracks as much as I could. You may have to turn it up on your side for this particular episode, but I think it went really well, and um, oh yeah, I noticed also that one of the mics, I think the mic for the audience, while it was picking up live, it looks like it did not record. So again, I just tried to turn up the volume as much as I could, and you might have to turn it up on your side, but I think the episode overall is great, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So, thank you. All right. Well, first of all, shout out to you guys for being here at 10 a.m. Yeah. Beating the heat at the parade. Uh, Okay. We're better. Edit that. that part out. <laughs> no. um, so I'm Lisa, and the podcast is called "I Love That Movie." So each week we have a guest, and that guest picks a movie that they love, and we discuss it. We'll talk about the director, the actors, the plot, but we're also going to talk about everybody's experience with that film, and then at the end we'll do a Q and A. So I think the first thing we need to do is introduce everybody up here. So our guest of honor over here is Matthew Malice, and he's host of the Polyhedron podcast. Yes, hello, hello, hello. Good morning. Good morning. And then we have Nick hello. Ward. He's been on quite a few episodes, quite and a few. he's also my husband. <laughs> hello, husband. I'm an he's very supportive. Guest. <laughs> and then we have uh, Stephanie Bagwell and hello. Josh Johnson. And they hello. Hey, guys. And they were on our Aliens podcast, or yeah. Alien. Just one Alien. Just yep. one Alien. The now they're two aliens. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, it's not a mystery today. I think we all know that we're talking about Aliens. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so we're going to kick it off real quick. I'll start with you, Matthew. When did you first see this film? Okay, I had to do some thinking because my brain doesn't work so good sometimes. Uh, I believe I saw this when I was probably roughly 12 um, okay. at home. I saw this probably in spits and fits and uh, over a period of like a year until like I finally watched it like on HBO because my parents mm-hmm. had HBO and I watched the whole thing and thought it was great because I believe I saw Aliens before I saw Alien. Yeah. So I it was more interesting because of the action oh, and sure. sort of like like the, the the more uh, uh, just just Rambo esque <laughs> of it rather than like the gut wrenching horror that is the first one. Yeah, that's uh, see, see, I prefer the gut wrenching horror. <laughs> that, that's an interesting like comment because I knew we were gonna get into it. It's like actually don't no aliens and aliens to me you cannot compare them yeah, as in like what's better. Yeah, different genres. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think so. Yeah, so that's when I saw it, and I enjoyed it. I've seen it, obviously, multiple times 
since then and have loved every time I watched it. Excellent. What about you, Nick? Um, I think mine probably is like a similar experience. I think as a kid, I saw Aliens. And then I don't think I saw Alien for a long time. I think probably several years ago is when Mm -hmm. I finally saw Alien. And it was kind of cool. Like as a kid, I saw Aliens. And then as an adult, I saw Alien, so I was kind of able to appreciate both of them mm-hmm. at the age. But yeah, I, I think seeing Aliens when I was a kid, and I, I, I don't really remember it very well, because I, <laughs> I just saw it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was, that was cool sci-fi. And then now as an adult going back watching, I'm like, okay, that was, that was good. Okay. I really, I can appreciate the, them changing it enough, but still believably being in the realm of Alien. Yeah. Excellent. Well, what about you, Stephanie? Uh, I first saw it in high school um, after I had seen the first one. I, after I saw the first Alien movie, I was obsessed, and I <laughs> immediately had to go and find the second one. So, yeah. uh, mine was a, a weird event, and there's a there's some story behind it too. But um, yeah. when I when I was a kid, I grew up like in a really sheltered conservative home. Where like when I was eight years old, to date myself, I, I was born in '86. And when Jurassic Park came out, I was like eight years old. And I was uh, like, I, I had to beg my parents and get like character references essentially for that movie to talk to my parents to let me watch it. So a movie like Aliens was completely out of the question. There was no way I would have ever been able to watch it. But um, when I was about 11, I went to a sleepover at a friend's house and there were a bunch of us, a bunch of 12 year old boys and they pulled out Aliens, and we started to watch it, and totally blew me away. But I remember um, when the scene came up with uh, where where Bishop demonstrates his knife skills, all of us as twelve-year-old boys were like, "I bet we could do this," <laughs> you know. And so we we all, and of course, I was the new kid at the school, so I got to get up first and get stabbed. And of course, they didn't do it like they did in the movie where. The guy doing the knife puts his hand on top of you. It was just <laughs> straight. Whoever's hand is down is the one getting stabbed. And of course, I got real. I got a real bad <laughs> stab wound in my uh, in my middle finger. And yeah, that was that was really bad. But we we all got we all got to take turns stabbing each other, and, you know, like you do. But huh. it was yeah. it was fair. It seems like there's and, a reason why some of these movies have ratings. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well. impressionable young minds, yeah. but. As you can see from all the props laying around, the movie had a it huge impact on me. So, it, <laughs> but that—that's when I first saw it. I saw it before I saw Alien. I didn't see Alien until I was in high school. Okay, so I think Alien and Alien sort of blended into one movie in my mind because as a kid, and I say this all the time on the podcast, but there were a lot of you know Saturdays and Sundays spent in the living room with my dad and my uncle, and they would just watch TV. So um, I saw a lot of these films that way, and. Um, the, uh, the only funny story I have is that somehow these two movies started to blend in with Spaceballs for me. You know, the part <laughs> with the alien. <laughs> and as a kid, I remember watching it and just being so confused. I looked at my dad and I was like, I thought this movie was scary. Like, what's, like, you know. It took me, like, a few years to grow up and go back and watch all those movies and go, oh, these are separate films. <laughs> and they're clearly separate. <laughs> but, yeah, so. 
that's my story. So you just go um, through the whole movie thinking, when's he going to put his hat on? Yeah, I was like, where's that cute little hat? You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So back to this movie. Uh, this came out in 1986. And for our audience members at home, I'm sure all of you are really familiar with the synopsis of this film. But I'm going to read it real quick just to get it out of the way. Uh, so Ellen Ripley is rescued by a deep salvage team after being in hypersleep for 57 years. The moon that Nostromo visited has been colonized, but contact is lost. This time, the colonial marines have impressive firepower, but will it be enough? No. 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 Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the next thing I was going to start off with is just a couple of quick facts. And if you guys want to just jump in, or if you have a couple quick facts you want to share, go for it. Um, the first one is probably my favorite fact. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's Best Actress Academy Award nomination for this movie was the first ever for an actress in a role in an action film. Pretty mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, I think as we get further away from these films, we forget, you know, a little bit how groundbreaking some of that was. You know, the casting and Alien and just the impact it had on the franchise. And it's like, can't even imagine it without um, Sigourney Weaver and just, you know, her imprint on the film. I think it was definitely Oscar worthy. So I thought that was cool. Uh, interesting little factoid because we're going to talk a lot about the commentary that comes with this. Oh, I yeah. Definitely Gotta encourage listen it. listen to it. Is um, <laughs> uh, the commentary. Oh, crap. Uh, she was like, they wrote, James Cameron had the idea for the entire movie and wrote the entire script. Like, and Ripley was in every, almost every scene. When he was pitching and starting up, he didn't have Sigourney Weaver on board mm. yet. So she got a million dollar payday. For that movie, it's probably the highest yeah. ever at the time. Yeah, the so they're like, yeah. yeah, she she got to write her own check on that movie. Yeah, and it paid in dividends. Yeah, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So the next one I have is um, Aliens was never shown to test audiences uh, because editing and scoring was not completed until the week before its theatrical release. Only a studio screening was performed for 20th Century Fox executives, which was enthusiastically received, and marketing experts later said that Aliens probably helped save Fox, which was in desperate need of a hit at the time. Hmm. Yeah, and they, I also, on the commentary track, I think they mentioned, like, that's crazy to, like, not have test screenings there. Like, that, it's like, you wouldn't even do Hope that now, works. but, yeah. I just thought that was really cool. It sounds Excellent. like they're, they're just winging it. Yeah, <laughs> we just... Please be a hit. <laughs> and James Cameron was still pretty new at that yeah, time too, which right. is even like crazier. His second movie, I think. Yeah, because yeah. he did Terminator and then yeah. Terminator did I think Aliens. came out. Yeah, right before this. Movie. No, it actually after. came out right as he was still filming Aliens. Okay, so yeah, he it was wasn't like, oh, this yeah. is hot new guy. <laughs> he yeah, Terminator. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. So the last one I have is having hired James Cameron to write the screenplay. 20th Century Fox then did the unthinkable when uh, he left production to direct Terminator, like <laughs> we were just talking about. Uh, they agreed to wait for Cameron to become available again and finish the screenplay with an option to direct if the Terminator turned out well and he showed talent as a director. Uh, Cameron only had completed about 90 pages at that stage, but the studio had loved what, they had what he had written and with Fox President Lawrence Gordon saying that everything about him spelled the right guy. Wow, it's really cool. I, I have to say, like, that's something I don't think we've covered a James Cameron film on the podcast yet. And I don't think that's something that I knew about Aliens. You know, it's one of those things where you've seen this movie so many times, but I hadn't, you know, sat down and done the research and really looked at everything, which is what's fun about the show, I think. But I didn't realize, you know, he started out sort of in, uh, I guess, production design and things like that. 
And then, so this was really like his baby. This was like a dream come true. He actually got to work on a film that inspired him, Alien. Mm -hmm. And I love all his sketches. Like if you watch a lot of the behind the scenes, you get to see all the art that he did. And you know, he really wanted to have his own imprint on this movie. And he did. It actually gave me a, a bigger respect for the film than I had before I started researching uh, it. One of the really cool things that I didn't never knew about, um, I found out, is he had the idea for the Alien Queen from the get-go. That was mm -hmm. his like cornerstone piece for the film was, I want this alien. Because he didn't go to Geiger. He didn't consult with Geiger on any of this for the character design. He yeah. went with his own direction. So he's like, I want this 14-foot-tall queen thing at the end, that, which becomes one of the most iconic, like, monsters that you've ever seen on film yeah so um normally we kind of run through each actor but i think just you know given our time constraints today <laughs> and the fact that we have a few people up here you know obviously we know that uh, ripley was um played by sigourney weaver michael bean as corporal Dwayne hicks paul reiser as carter j burke lance henriksen as bishop bill paxton as private hudson carrie hen as rebecca jordan and jeanette goldstein as vasquez um, I think what we're going to do next is start going over everyone's like, we kind of all picked a favorite scene that we want to pick apart. So we're going to start with you, Matthew. Ooh, uh, thank you. you picked Escape from the Hive. So, uh, talk about yeah, that. so <laughs> the, the, uh, the main thing is the Hive scene, the very first one you see, because that showcases before then, especially with the theatrical cut. In the director's cut, there's a lot of scenes. There's like a 10-minute chunk that gets removed. You don't know about the facehuggers, the, the spaceship, anything. So you've only seen the desolation after the fight of, like, the colonists. So before, your brain is just, like, filling in all the gaps, and then slowly the tension ratches up as the Marines go into the, basically, the terraforming reactor and are like, what is the stuff on the walls and ceiling and then <laughs> instantly everyone's like bugs like they think of like a hive and then as things just progress you're seeing more and more but you're not seeing any aliens you're mm. not like there's nothing around there's nothing attacking there's no instant action there's just the slow dread that gets built and built and built until they end up like trying to free slash kill this one woman who's got a chest pressure coming out and then all hell breaks loose and that is like the moment because a lot of the a lot of the our characters die at that moment, like in yeah. that scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a really cool scene to see those characters act under stressful situations. And this is also the first time that we see the warrior aliens, the ones because the alien in the first one, because it was the original Geiger drawing, it's very slick, it's very smooth, it's very lithe, um, it's very stealthy, extremely stealthy. The warriors are more heavily armored, they're yeah. bigger, there's, there's more of them, and so it's just this, this mass hive just coming at, the, at these guys. And they, they don't have their guns, they don't know what's going on, and it's very good. And then, lo and behold, Ellen Ripley has to save the day. She's the Always, one who saves their yeah. bacon. <laughs> yeah, that, that part where they find the, uh, the woman that was cocooned, yeah, that's a visual that stuck with me a lot. Like, when I was younger, it's just so horrifying and just so... I don't know, visceral, like, I just love the set design on this particular film, so, yeah. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, mine's mine's kind of short. I've, I I kind of found it to be kind of like a funny part in the movie, even though it wasn't supposed to be at all. I think this was, I think after the second encounter, mm -hmm. when they're all, everything is like, gone to hell they're, they they got to get out of there so mm -hmm. the plan is they've got their plan they're going to go in there and do their thing and so um, I think Bishop is in control of the ship 
mm -hmm. get them out of there, like the extraction. And so everything's getting crazy. And so Ripley comes up and she's like, Bishop, how long do we have? He's like, we got 22 or like, what's he <laughs> say? We got 26 minutes. Don't worry. And she's like, okay, I got to go do something. That's going to totally ruin that plan. <laughs> this movie could have just ended right there. Like, Oh, we, we escaped that. That was scary, but we're, we're good now. Yeah. But it, that's always happens in a movie. It's like, everything has to be down to the wire and you don't expect them to be like, you're good. We got 26 minutes. Don't worry about it. It's like, <laughs> no, that's not long enough. It never works it's, out that You're going to be cutting it to the wire to yeah. get out of there. I love Lance Henrik Henriksen. I, I don't know. I just love, I love all the uh, robots in these movies. We, we met him <laughs> here, I think, like a few years we ago. We did. We bought his book. Not bad for oh, a human. Yeah. Yeah. And he signed it for yeah, us. He signed it. Yeah. He was like, if you spend five more dollars, you get my book and I'll sign it. And we're like, sold. So, yeah. Um, I need to get that now. You do. It's, it's really good. Um, okay. How about uh, Josh? Do you want to talk about the knife scene? Yeah, again. again, 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 talking about that. Recap. Quick recap. Like, can we can we see a demonstration? Was, it was yeah, the. Yeah. Wait, does anyone have a knife? No. I did ask if I could bring my Gerber, but I was uh yeah politely informed not to. So. <laughs> but um, like the scene as a kid was really really cool and everything, but uh, as an adult watching it, I mean, you just see a lot of the subtext going on there around the uh, the overall with the Alien franchise and you know their distrust of robots and synthetic humans and everything that went on with uh, an alien with ash I mean I, did, I didn't get it the first time I watched it because I, I watched aliens first but it's showcasing how lethal the androids in the in the movies are and what they're capable of and they're trying to play Bishop off as you know he played it very straight but was very creepy the whole movie too and yeah, you can you don't trust him the whole movie yeah and then yeah. it's at the yeah usually you're, you're waiting for the 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 twist for him to it's like oh yeah I saw I saw that the whole time but then he just plays it straight the whole movie but that was that was a really interesting scene for me just because you could see what he's capable of if he goes off the rails like an alien yeah I like um, the fact that I saw in the commentary that Lance Henriksen wanted to have these contacts that had like double, double pupils, pupils. <laughs> yeah because he thought that would make him look like scarier and James Cameron was like, you really don't need it. Like, you're, the intensity of your performance it's is like, enough. It's, like, it's you're just a scary. good actor. You're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's too scary. Um, okay, Stephanie, what about you? I think you had the Alien Queen reveal. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, my favorite part of uh, this movie is when you, when you finally see the, uh, the queen and her kind of disgusting, you know, Sacks that hold the eggs. Ovopositor. Oh yeah. Ovopositor. What a great. What are they called? Uh, Ovopositor, I believe. I may be oh, mispronouncing oh, it, but it's basically that. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's based on a termite, right? Yeah, I think something. Obviously, an insectoid, uh, insectoid, but probably a termite. Right. That, that seems the most likely in my mind. I, I always thought of it as like a kind of a bee scenario because you know she's the the queen bee, and then all of her worker bees are, you know, kind of killing everyone trying to protect her but um yeah she just looks she looks really cool i am obsessed with giger um there's actually a muse a giger museum in europe i believe in austria um that's one of my life goals to go see that <laughs> uh so but I, I know that this one wasn't designed by giger but you know it's based on that and yeah. i love that kind of super creepy scary um art style and that part for me yeah. was really fun yeah. Extra I, goopy. Yeah, anything extra goopy, extra <laughs> the 80s. 80s was so goopy. So. Very, very goopy in the 80s. It was 80s. like, how do you make something real? I mean, just add goop to it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. fine. 
Um, I know it's not the same scene, but the part, or maybe it is later in that scene when she rips her body oh, away. Yes. Oh, I yes. still, as an adult, I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Like, yeah. I don't like watching that part. Yeah, she's it's like so disgusting. determined like to kill her butt like, off. And <laughs> yes. when she's yes. free, it's like, oh man, it's on now. Like yeah. she's real fast, and it's very scary. That's so huge. Yeah. Uh, cool, cool commentary <laughs> fact about that alien queen that I really enjoyed was uh, that's when you see the full reveal in most of that scene. It's a full 14 foot tall puppet. Oh like, yeah. yeah. It is. Really it cool. is not only a puppet. It is an, it is a marionette. It's hydraulic, and it's and it's radio controlled. So, so all of that you you have an entire crew of people behind there, articulating her so that she's fully in scale. In so what you're shot. saying is if they were mean to the crew, they could kill you with it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't like some of the wires too, they're just in the shot. They're like part of her. So yeah, they, yeah. they couldn't really like get rid of them digitally like no, they would today. They so it's just part of that puppet. That's a really good point. Well, my favorite scene I'm gonna censor for the podcast. It's get away from her, you B word. <laughs> I mean to me that's like the best part of the whole movie. Um, I just think, I don't know, sometimes those lines work and sometimes they don't. I'm not going to yell it because I feel like it's early, you know, but you guys, you, you can watch the movie. But that's my favorite part because I think everything is sort of, you know, coming to a head at that point. And uh, I don't know, just the fact that Ripley just, you know, gets in that exoskeleton thing and she's just like, get away from her. I'm going to handle this right now. It just seems so absurd given all the Marines that are dead now and just how bleak the situation is and it's just such a fun part. And also in the commentary they talked about like those exoskeletons at that point in the 80s had only really been like in uh, novels. They hadn't really made one like on screen so this is like, you know, back then this is like the first time you're seeing one. You see these all the time now, they're like in every movie because of this movie. But it's cool because that was like probably the first time that everybody got to see it actualized. Uh, I, I absolutely adore uh, so for the the power lifters, that's a really big bodybuilder in a suit, yeah. and Ripley's <laughs> strapped in it like a baby. <laughs> I think that's amazing. <laughs> All right, well we we're running really well on time then, so maybe. <laughs> I was like, we gotta condense this, guys. Um, I guess we can just start talking slower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure our audience would like that. Um, well, why don't we all pick like another scene that we really, because you know I kind of rushed so, through this, so why don't we start over? You, you want to start yeah, back with me? Yeah, okay, start okay, with you. okay. Um, another really great scene. Crap, you guys took all of them. I know. Um, <laughs> at, okay, so another really ratchety, tense, tense scene that is iconic because we have one right there. Yeah. Is yes. the is the final assault where they're like, they're they're in the room, man. They're 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 six meters. They're in the room, <laughs> and then Ripley like has to go up no it's uh hicks, hicks, yeah. hicks yeah. goes up he into the like there. literally oh. the drop down ceiling like we have right here in this room <laughs> and is looks and just you see these guys just coming and you're like oh no <laughs> and all hell breaks you that's a great scene because mm -hmm. another scene that's attached to that sort of is something got cut out because cameron was like at the time he had to cut out like so much time because uh theaters could only show so many screenings and you had to cut down the time so you can maximize the number of screenings you could have in any given day. So one of the things he cut out was the, the, the drone mini guns, the automatic guns that were just firing bullets to kill as many of these things down various like hallways and tunnels um, and then still keep coming. And in that scene, we just get 
all hell breaks loose. They're in the room. Everyone's firing guns everywhere. I just thought that was just a great scene. It's an iconic scene. It's also the scene where Bert eventually dies because he's a, well, not a good person. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very bad man. And I just love that scene. It's such a good, like, act. It's a, it's a cornerstone yeah. action scene. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nick? Any ideas? Um, well, I guess since we're, we, we all kind of picked one, now we're kind of on the spot. I think the uh, <laughs> the med bay scene was really cool. Mm-hmm. We're like, um, I think that Newt and Ripley were, I guess, taking a nap or whatever. And what's his face was like, I'm just going to put this in here. And <laughs> you guys deal with it. But no, he's just like, like totally this my like, okay, I know I can't take this thing back, but if I can get it to like do its weird symbiotic relationship whatever and impregnate them and take them back mm-hmm. then i've got it i can take it back to earth but that that whole scene was like it was just the theme of this movie is like everything kind of starts off slow and it just builds and builds and builds until it's like at 11 mm-hmm. like the whole like it starts with this them kind of sneaking around trying to get away from it and then it ends with like the shooting all the guns throwing chairs through windows and jumping through the window and just blasting this thing away i mean that that scene was really cool and then like the red lights flashing and everything just made it even eerier plus it's like a hospital room who likes those yeah what i what i love the most about that scene too after watching all this all the making ofs was how they said they were uh the face huggers were oh, mostly yeah, yeah. filmed by just pulling them on strings, which just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> to, I could I, I would I couldn't imagine filming that and going, "This is going to look awesome." <laughs> yeah, I think the little girl too does such a good job in this film. She's so authentic. I think because she wasn't really an actress, right? Wasn't she? That was her first her, her movie. First role. Her and she never like acted again. Base. Yeah, she became a teacher, I think. Uh, but yeah, um, she's so real, and I think it's hard, especially with child actors sometimes, because they'll kind of do that like overacting thing i mean they're learning yeah. from adults it makes sense but it's, it's i think sometimes it works out best when you get someone that's not an actor because you're getting their authentic reactions but it was cute watching behind the scenes like how she talked about um they had to put her in that little goopy thing that uh <laughs> that sigourney weaver pulls her out of and she's like it was really tight in there and it was pokey and it was fiberglass and she couldn't like fun. lay down correctly so she hit like was cramped up yeah. in, in this for several hours oh, right. <laughs> she said to james girl. cameron this should be illegal for you to do this to children. Stephanie, do you have another Any extra scene? Uh, okay, so for those of you not here at, physically at the panel, I am dressed as Corporal Farrow. She's the, the dropship pilot. And um, so the scene with her, the scene where she gets got, um, <laughs> she, you know, she's, she's in there and she thinks that, I guess, um, I forgot who was in the in the Spunkmeyer with Spunkmeyer yeah. so she thinks it's him and you know she kind of turns around she's in the seat you know, oh she's, yeah yeah she's, she she's piloting mm-hmm. and she turns around and it's the and it's the alien and then she <laughs> she's got so. yeah <laughs> yes. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I think mine is more of a general statement but uh it, uh, overall, I just really like the miniature work in this film. Yes, it's and really cool. yeah, like so impressive that didn't they show the executives some of the footage and they were like, "There's no special effects here," and they're like, oh, "You're, you're looking at them." Yeah. Like that's and that's my favorite, honestly, kind of special effect is when uh, it's subtle and when it blends seamlessly into the story and it adds to the story instead of feeling like you're watching because really this movie could just be like a special effects extravaganza it could be and you'd be like oh that was impressive 
but it fits into the film very well and it ages well as you guys were talking about earlier before we started recording um, and and also the uh, the 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 sets that you were talking about earlier where it's like a screen and you know we talked about before we started recording that if you watch the blu-ray you can tell that there's a scene in the back and but it's like you know a lot of that came from just budget constraints working with what you have and you know the technology of the time but I think it all looks so good um, I don't know that's just not one scene, but it's one of my favorite things about the film. I think yeah. the cool thing is, like you were saying, the the miniatures, how they managed to like meld everything together. Like, didn't most things they had the real version and the miniature? Mm -hmm. Like the the that like truck they had. They yeah, had the, uh, the 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 like the the uh, airport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably yeah, called it. it it's yeah. the actual just the the combat tr the yeah. combat car that yeah. they had. They had, like a real one. Mm -hmm. Kind of uh, like cut in half or whatever, and then they had the little RC version. Yeah, yeah, because that thing was actually supposed to tow. They they modified it. They pulled a lot of weight off it. Those things are supposed to tow like 747s mm -hmm. into their um, into their place at an airport, and it only goes like eight miles an hour. The thing <laughs> doesn't go fast. Um, so they, have, they also had fast. minis to do some of the more dramatic uh, aspects of it, yeah. and that way they could. And then also, it's really cool about that stuff is. So when they get into it, there's no room for that many people yeah. in those these things. They cut it in half, so right? they actually had a f like you'd see scenes where they sort of got in, and then they would cut cut to a set. Yeah, that's a immediate cut into a set inside where they're all getting harnessed and putting mm -hmm. everything away. That's just another set. That's not inside the vehicle proper. But because of the fantasy of it all, and because of the good editing, you don't even think about it. You and do not think about it at all. And when they're exiting it too, they're literally behind it. Like if you go back and watch the movie, they're really just leaving behind it. But it's <laughs> yeah. spo you're supposed to think they're leaving it. Um, and yeah, and they, they said in the commentary, the sets, if you really look at it, it's so much bigger on the inside uh, from what you see on the outside. But I you immediately, know, I never as soon as they pointed that out, I <laughs> yeah. was like, it's bigger on the inside. And they start going in, I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. It absolutely <laughs> is bigger because they're like the the amount of length they're going, they're going much farther than where the actual vehicle would be from where they're actually like entering it. Right. Yeah. Well, guys, any uh, extra thoughts? Any scenes you wanted to cover? Game over, man. Pour <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one out for Bill Paxton, everyone. That's yeah. all I got. Yeah. yeah. I love his character. I, I, I love his. I love his character. He's yeah. so he's so funny and he's. He's, he's speaking for the audience, really. Baby, is. But it's just he's the one. He's the only one who speaks, or he who's making sense. Yeah. 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 Like that character, you shouldn't like him. Yeah. But right. he's very likable because yes. he's so like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's stupid. How and I love that he that he like, ad libbed. Hell, Bill well, Paxton ad libbed a lot of his dialogue in that too. Like Game Over was wasn't in the script. Yep. And it's just, it, but it was never the stopped room, hearing man. that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so funny too, uh, reading or watching the the commentary, and because I had never listened to the commentary before, and he was talking about how he would just be uh, just screaming obscenities every take, and then after each, every, after they would cut, he would always talk to Carrie Han, who played Newt, and say, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> She's like, "It was fine." Yeah. yeah. She's like, "I didn't know what those words meant." Yeah, he, he his character is so cool. You know, like him, but in every scene I watched him. He's competent. He's always competent. He's not. Mm -hmm. He's not the chucklehead that sucks on the crew. Like he hacks into the door, and at the end he goes, 
just ballistic on all the aliens. He's like, ah, ah, and he's just yeah. going nuts. And I and I love that character. You you feel for him, but he 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 steps up when he needs to step up, and yeah. that's what I like yeah. about him. It's probably why the audience still likes him. Yeah. You know, if he was yeah. completely yeah. useless and selfish, you would be like, mm, no, that's kick Burke. Him to the curb. That's Burke. Yeah, that's Burke. Yeah. <laughs> Paul yeah. Reiser. Uh, it's funny. Everyone's like in the commentary. was like, oh, I don't know. If Paul Reiser should be the villain. He's always the nice, happy guy. And I'm like, this is how I got introduced to Bill Reiser. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same. Being the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he's so smug the whole film, and it's like you just want to. At the beginning, you kind of like him a little bit. You think he's kind of on Ripley's side, and then you're like, I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like that perfect description. No. It was totally James Cameron digging at the big uh, corporate studios and the suits. Yeah. yeah. See, speaking of suits, what I love, it's a small subtlety. I bet you most of you haven't noticed. But they pointed out in the commentary, and I saw it immediately. All of the suits you see, all of the colors are popped up. Like, there's this very subtle futurism into their suits that if you're not paying attention, you wouldn't really pick it up. Like, I did not pick it up until they said it. That's and I was true. Like, I, yeah. I also read, uh, or not read, I, in the in the commentary, um, they got to kind of design, or they kind of got to, like, like on here, this is, obviously this is not from the movie, I couldn't afford that, but <laughs> they, get, they really got to, like, draw things on, like, their helmets, on their, their mm-hmm. armor, and it's all, it's all pretty unique to, like, the actors themselves. So cool. I thought that was cool. Yeah, and that was kind of based on there's sort of a subtle undertone of this whole film sort of being about Vietnam. Um, and that's something that I don't think I knew until I watched the commentary just, you know, when I, I was three years old when this movie came out. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But I thought that was really interesting. And they even talked about at the time the military really didn't dress like the, they oh, do in this no. film. You know, they just wore greens, basically. And so in this movie he's like, what if they had camo and what if they had all this gear and that would be so cool. But now it's weird to go back and watch this movie because that's how the military dresses now. Well, you know, no, well, I mean, it's a little life imitating art. What James yeah. wanted there was he was trying to imitate the – these are basically draftees from Vietnam. These yeah. are old veteran draftees from the Vietnam. They've lived this long. They get to do what they want. They're in the middle of nowhere. They can do – the only person they really need to listen to is Apollon, uh, which is their sergeant, which is one of my – he's just a great character. I love mm-hmm. that character so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's They're, true. And yeah. have a lot more relaxed. Leniency. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uniforms yeah, like that, that lends it itself to all the, the helmets with the writing and stuff like that. It's like they're not at attention 100% anymore. Um, <laughs> also, if you look at their stuff, their stuff's like beaten up and yeah. dented, and they got like the, the naked lady in their lockers. They got, they got all the stuff that you probably wouldn't normally get. Yeah, yeah. When he's saying kind of like, uh, like, nor in sci-fi before this the army was always in like very crisp uniforms you know like a stormtrooper or something yeah. and he's yeah. like they don't look like that oh if this was real they would look kind of gruff they would all not look identical oh. they would kind of like look like individuals yeah. and they would all act differently it's something i want to point out that i really like um is the future james cameron's idea of the future of a military with both sexes in the military if you mm-hmm. notice yeah you've got you've got uh i forgot her name Vesquez. yeah vasquez who's obviously yeah. a fighter pilot actual fi- yeah, yeah actual fighter pilot and then you have vasquez who's 
literally one of the most badass characters on the screen yeah, at yeah, all times. Badass. And you're like, and then you got Ripley, not to say anything about Ripley, is also being badass. And like everyone is kind of on equal footing as far as like. Except poor Dietrich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's one cool thing about science fiction in general is a lot of the times there's this projection of a world where things are a little bit more equal and it's. It's kind of sad that, in a way, at the time it had to be like, "This is fiction. Wouldn't that be nice?" <laughs> um, you know, still find that battle in some ways, but um, but yeah, you're right. That's a pretty big difference in the military between then and now. Like mm-hmm. a lot, a lot mm-hmm. has really changed, and um, you have to think on some level. I mean, that does encourage people, like little girls watching it, like, "I'll just be Corporal Pharaoh," or you know. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, totally I agree. really like it. Yeah. Uh, let's see, y'all. I think we should do like my favorite part of these live shows. Oh, no. Yeah, let's do a little Q&A. Okay, so what we're going to do, we talked about this earlier. (laughs) I will just throw this little thing to you. Who wants to go first? All right, big man over there. Do it, do it. Or you can just, or you just. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) We're working on it. Yeah. 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 And they yeah. didn't they didn't overdo it at all. Yeah. There were some undertones to it as you said that was flirting, but it it was implied, but and that's what's tragic about the third movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I I appreciate that scene too because like you said it's subtle and I think that uh, a lot of times in movies, you know, there's a moment where they the characters completely abandon what they're working on and they're, they just start like kissing and they're just like, oh, I'm so in love. And I'm like, I don't know if I were like in a dire situation. <laughs> if I feel like my priority w- of that would be like down here. Like, yeah, let's I like it. Let's get out of here first. Yeah, let's talk about that another time. Um, so I kind of appreciate that, you know, they kind of stayed on task. But yeah, I think there's a big power shift in the dynamics at that point because, you know, uh, what's the the suit's name again? Burke. 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 Uh, 
you know, Burke was in charge for a lot of this, and then they start to realize where his interests lie, and so that shifts over to Ripley, and then, yeah, you're, you're kind of seeing that in that scene, so I, I really like that. Oh, yeah. More questions. Yeah. Oh, so many yeah. questions. That's true. Yeah. 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 Fun. Mm -hmm. uh, we got people in the back. All right, so I've got a quick question for you. Yeah. Make sure to go along with the question. So if you were going to add one scene to the film to end one of the themes or to do something different, what would you do? And I'll share this same answer for me. So I wish there was a little moment between Ripley and Duncan at the zoo where just she saw mm -hmm. and said from the colony view and Duncan, not quite right. Yeah. Right. Is it really, uh, are they really on the same team or not? Mm -hmm. For me, that would be a something I would add. What about y'all? Is, is there something that you would add? This is a good question. Uh, I'm going to go over to my panel of experts here, <laughs> 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 who I think have seen the movie more times than I have. Anybody have a... I, it, on that same uh, note, I always thought that they should have done a little bit more with uh, Bishop before, um, I mean, before the eventual end of the movie when he's, you know, redeemed even though he didn't actually do anything untoward <laughs> but i feel like they if they the they could have added a little they were there were a few scenes with him here and there throughout the ship but the you really don't see a whole lot of him throughout the movie yeah and ripley doesn't really apologize to him i, like I mean she says like you're okay bishop and i'm like well, that's a scene they could have added she should apologize to bishop <laughs> he, he that's just, not ripley he just <laughs> Yeah, he saves her, and he just goes, okay, apologize, now. <laughs> like, oh, oh. Um, yeah, no, it, it's hard to know what to add. I feel like the movie is so great in and of itself. Um, I feel like I'd have to sit around and think about that, and I probably will tonight. Like, late at night, I'll think of, like, eight more scenes. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I think, echoing what you said, Josh, I think um, my favorite characters are always the synthetics, and so um, I think they're Ridley Scott's, too. <laughs> I feel like yeah. he likes them a lot. Um, and so any screen time with more of them, I, I always enjoy because I think they're just so interesting in the, they're kind of in the background in some ways in some of these films, but there is like an interesting undercurrent going with them and something that you kind of have to watch it a couple times to dig deeper in. So I agree with that. Anybody else? Um, I guess I think, I think it might have been in the movie, but cut out, but see like a little more of Newt's family. Didn't you see? Oh, yeah, yeah so there's a the scene the, where you actually yeah, see Yeah, there's her an brother. entire like 10 minute colonial scene where you get to see the really quickly the day in the life of these colonists and they're mm -hmm. just basically like frontier people. That's all they are. They're just using technology and they go out Newt and her family go out to go uh, looking at this one weird thing they found and they happen to find the ship, the actual uh, the the traveler's ship yeah. is what they call it. Um, and we get a scene where they, the parents go inside and then they come out 
and her mom's screaming because her dad has one of the face huggers on and uh. you know that's the beginning of the end for all these people sure. um, and that's that's just a scene that cool little story from the commentary his wife ex-wife now ex-wife was wife at the time was also his producer mm-hmm. he was like I need to lose like so much time but I'm only taking out like seconds here and there in scenes and, and she's like after a couple days of thinking, he's like, you can lose this entire scene. And he was like, no, you can't, no, you can't. And then he argued with her, and then eventually he was like, yes, I can. And that's the movie you see. And it's brilliant. Nothing gets lost by removing that scene because the tension is, what the hell happened to this place? Well, and you yeah. get a little bit of background, too. Like yeah. when uh, when they discover her and there's that picture of her yeah. as a little girl um, – that's uh, she's like an honor student or something oh, yeah, like I totally that. Forgot about that. Yeah. I think that tells the story right there of you're seeing the you know like the juxtaposition of how she looks now and how she looks in that yeah. photo that she had a whole life and you get all that from one picture which I think is really smart yeah. I think I, you know I would like to see more of the colonists on there but I think maybe with her character specifically yeah. it is yeah. better to have that impact of just yeah. that one they, photo they, 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 she actually goes in they didn't do the scene or anything but they talk about how she got the name Newt it was her nickname on there because she kept ducking in and out of all of these uh, uh, air vents yeah. around the colony, and they kept me- she kept messing with people because she could get any almost anywhere at any time, and nobody knew where she was. Um, this, but back to your question, the scene I would ha- was filmed and never got to theatrical release, which was the space station scene where she finds out about her daughter. Mm. She find out that Ripley was a mother that of a young child, and since she was in hypersleep for so long. She grew old and died. Ugh. And she learns yeah. from Burke at the beginning of the movie that she is dead. And that immediately cements the idea of why she latches on the newt towards the end. So, yeah, but my scene has already been filmed. It just wasn't <laughs> in the movie. Well, and Ripley <laughs> never gets to really go home. Like, no. she doesn't actually no, she never ever goes go to, to Earth. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Not until the fourth movie. Not until the fourth movie. Oh, uh hope we answered your question yeah. <laughs> we, we, gave, we gave a few options well, who uh, else? Who else? Uh, oh who's got the box okay, oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there were a lot of subtle moments between all the characters that really add gravity to the scene. Um, I think a lot of the best acting is sort of just reacting to each other. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it's a solid cast. I think the cast has a lot to do with why this film was successful. Um, uh, I think a great example of that is Bishop, the actor there. He he doesn't have a lot of dialogue, but he does a lot with his face and emoting and not emoting. Like he mutes his, uh, but there's little things that he does, especially when he interacts with Ripley and a few others, that you kind of see where he's at. Because he's always helpful. There's he's 
you think he's the bad guy or will be a bad guy. He's not. He's never the bad guy. He's actually doing what he's supposed to be doing. It's just you just have this underlying tension. But he brings that out because the actor has this demeanor about him that that's a little on edge. It's a little off. Yeah. And that's that's one of the best subtleties I like. All right. Another question. So. <laughs> I think one of the things I like about those two movies is that they are perfect examples of their genres. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Them, it's two totally different uh, genres. You know, you know, Alien Sport is a is an absolute horror movie and sci-fi derivative. And then uh, I think the term that I most commonly heard uh, referred to uh, is Aliens is dark fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotcha. Yeah, I, yeah. I think in Alien, it's more of like an existential dread. The whole movie, you know, because the characters don't know what they're up against. They don't know what the stakes are. You don't know what the stakes are. But by Aliens, we know what the stakes are at least a little bit. So that one's more of like a primal fear kind of thing. Well, plus an Alien, they're not equipped at right. all. All they yeah. all they have is like yeah. They blow up. They're not military. Ship. Yeah. yeah. And Aliens <laughs> are like now you're equipped, but now there's a million of them. <laughs> well, that goes back to the analogy of the Vietnam War and I love in the commentary they, oh, yeah. they flatly James is like okay this is about Vietnam War the aliens are the Viet Cong and they're but they're less equipped but they're far more dangerous and determined than than the the Marines are gung ho American gung ho from the get go they're like ah we got this this is gonna be real. this is a bug hunt we got this nope. You guys do not got this, I promise. They're not as invested. It's not like their home turf in a way. Even though it's not where the aliens are from, they have the advantage of knowing, you know, the area and knowing how they work already. Yeah. And they're just flying in like, I got this. And it's like, "Mm." a little too arrogant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can just get out. I've got feelings about Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> I was a fan. There's an episode if you guys want to listen to it. <laughs> uh, so my question is, uh, you know the genre that it's under, it's under horror, but would you guys consider it more of an action movie or more of a horror movie? Yeah, I would say the first one was horror and the second one is more action. I mean, that's like James Cameron's wheelhouse, right? With like Terminator and, you know, a lot of his films. Um, that's yeah, what he does best. He does well done action films. I'd definitely call it an action movie. Well, Wait, I, I, sorry, go ahead. That was it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think definitely action. Because like the first one, you never fully see the alien. So it's very scary and suspenseful. This one, they're like, you know Here what it is. is. We want to show you to see it. And there's a lot of them. So yeah. there's no real mystery or suspense anymore. And so it's just action by, at this point. Give him the box back. <laughs> True. Yeah, right. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, his pacing's awesome. You know, it's not like, you know, uh, I mean, take any action movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I want to I wanna address this. I think I can I can nail it a little bit better for you. So Aliens is great because there are action set pieces. That's yeah. what you're seeing mm-hmm. is we want we you intention. to get you the detention to be like, uh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What do you mean yeah. they cut the power? They're animals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna <laughs> to ramp you up, but then we're going to deliver. In Alien, it's... You don't know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. something's going on, but there it is. The action is lightning quick. You never see it. Yeah. You almost never see it. Look at the guy in the um, the most iconic scene. The guy in the uh, in the ventilations in yeah. Alien, yeah. and you're like, he turns around. The thing's there. Cut. Yeah. Dead. Dead noise. Nothing. You know he's dead. Yeah. There is no yeah. more. No more to say about it. Action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aliens made fighting a 17-foot puppet with a forklift seem totally believable. Yeah. <laughs> Intense. Like, it looks in it, I mean, because it's, it's all real, and you can tell that everything on screen is something that somebody built. And yeah, everything I think the best action movies have intention like that. You know, those the ones that we all remember, like Die Hard and films like that, it's like they're action movies, but they're well done. They're, they have great timing, and like you said, they don't just ramp up for two hours, because that's just exhausting. Yeah. And then you kind of lose you know, what the stakes even are. If it's just yeah. constant nonstop action, you don't get a break. It, How do I know, you know, that this scene is even more important than the last one? So I think all those moments of quiet really help. This is a good one. I'm good not going question. first. You, oh, uh, no, somebody, I don't know. Uh, I Josh, go first. I'm making a Colonial Marines armor, and uh, <laughs> so, and it, it's gonna, it has a, it's gonna have Hudson stenciled onto it. Yeah. So definitely Aww. relate with with Hudson, That's sitting around great. going, what the, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> The alien queen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought you were gonna I say that. I identify as a xenomorph. <laughs> when you said that was your favorite yeah. scene, I was like. <laughs> just kidding but not really I'm scared I think I would be goose I'd be like you go do that I'll stay here <laughs> I'll be, I'm safe here well I already said my favorite character is Bishop and I want to be synthetic I mean I'm, I'm, those are my favorite characters there are you know if they take over our evil overlord robots I'm, I'm, I'm on board yeah. um, but um, <laughs> I don't know I guess I mean really I should pick Vasquez because I'm Mexican but <laughs> the actress wasn't actually Mexican awkward yep. now um, but she did a good job uh, so so yeah I guess 
I mean, I, I'm not like as buff as she is, but I guess I you can work try. on it. Work yeah, on it. I got yeah, time. We bought Lisa the Vasquez dog tag. I know. So you have to. Now. I, like, I want you to have the bandana to. on now. That's <laughs> right. Like her, her, her Get a haircut. Piece. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, I kind of want to say Hicks, but that's a lie. Um, I kind of want to Burke. <laughs> no. No. Oh, God. There are no Burks in this room. No, no Burks in this room. Get out. No left. Um, I ha- it'd have to kind of be Bishop, I think, uh, just because he's always trying to help. He's not mm. the bad guy. He's always, and he's like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go in that pipe with the actor actually right. did. He never lived until you oh, gone into a pipe no. that's wh- barely uh, wider than your, than your shoulders. <laughs> and then the idea of going in there and like, Having to go through there, and when you know there are oh. horrible, horrible, murderous aliens, and he's like, uh, "Don't need the gun." <laughs> they hands him the gun, gives it back. <laughs> what about you, Nick? Have you got it? Yeah, I'd be oh, yeah, dude. I just stay stay on the space station. Oh yeah, stay on the space station. Okay. That scene, even filming that scene, seemed like it would be difficult yeah. <laughs> crawling through the pipe. Commentary commentary moment was uh, when he went and did that scene where he's going through the pipe. They had the camera on the tiniest little wheels that was being remote controlled in front of him so that they could they could keep in front of him while not actually having to have a person in there with a camera (laughs) we'll We'll just put the actor in there it's fine (laughs) i think we have time for one more question best character death Ooh, Ooh, Mm. that's a good one uh you go first um well i don't know if it counts because he technically didn't die but bishop yeah, but you think oh, he's you think he's like right. you think he's dead. You're like, oh crap, man, they're doomed now. Because he gets split into like he four parts, and they all split. Like, yeah, <laughs> and then like the very last second, where like she opens the airlock, and like Newt's about to fly out, and Bishop grabs her. Yeah, like yeah. but you think he's dead up until then, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh wait, he's still functioning. And they had to refilm that scene where he was like torn in half a bunch of times because it looked ridiculous. Well, it was just yeah. <laughs> flopping in weird directions like, when mm. it got ripped in half. So you're like, no, nah, that doesn't look good. His arm is like this. Yeah, so, so I guess I kind of had to keep drinking question. milk. Yeah. But if he did get destroyed, that would have been probably the best one. Alright, Stephanie? Um, what's the question? Uh, best, death. <laughs> best death. Best death. Best, best character death. death. Oh, yeah. uh, Oh, well, to me, the scariest death is um, when they're, it's kind of at the beginning when they're going through and they see all of, they the see that woman, like, kind of plastered yes. on the wall. Oh, you know, it's haunting. Food, you know? And then she, you know, her eyes open and it makes that, like, horrifying oh, yeah, she's not, sound. Yeah. Oh. She's not yet. Right, right. That little guy comes out. Right. I know I'm not oh, using so the right scary. terms. I'm sorry. Uh, a little, little, <laughs> little, a little factoid on that that's not on the commentary. Uh, James had that scene in there because you didn't have that in Alien. Ah, Origi- yeah. The original Alien, they had a scene like that that they were gonna find one of the crew members and another uh, and to be cocooned. Didn't have that scene. They cut it out of the original theatrical release. So James put it in Aliens. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Josh? I think my favorite character death was when Pharaoh died. Or well, when Pharaoh got got got, and uh, <laughs> you see the and then you see the dropship coming in, and then you see it start to cant over, and everyone's like, oh crap. Yeah. At that moment, it's like, and what is that was like the most what does Bill Paxton say after that? Game over, man. Okay. Yeah. Now what are we supposed to do? And his, his, his face, his expression is so like desperate at that point. It's, it's great. Yeah, I think um, honestly, you already said mine. I, the cocoon thing just—I just hate that concept. You know, <laughs> I mean, I love seeing it, but I just—it's very disturbing. Well, I think you guys, we are at our last few minutes, so yep, we're yep, going to yep. ask those last couple of questions that I always ask. 
Um, so why do you love this movie so much? Summarize everything you've said this whole time <laughs> All into right, a uh, sentence. Do you have 90 minutes? Uh, no. <laughs> we got five. Yeah. I, like, I love this movie just because it's a perfect sequel. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, if you look at it, James did his own thing, but he expanded on the universe, he, he expanded the mythology, he gave you more, more cool stuff to look at and think about. Because he does ask f- some pretty strong questions mm-hmm. in here, as all got good science fiction does, but he never detracts from the first one. The first one still stands by itself. There's no problems with it. There's no conf- continuity issues or anything like that. It's a honest, great sequel, what a sequel really should be. It's not just the first one. It's another one, but just writ large and put in a new sort of lens, like a yeah. new genre. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nick? I got nothing. You covered it. <laughs> I, think, I, th- I think it's it's cool. It's like like you said. It's a perfect sequel. It touches on everything from the first one, but it does its own thing, and nothing is like feels like they're just relying on the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it could be standalone. Right. But just the fact that it expounds uh, makes the alien universe bigger. Mm-hmm. That's just the the coolest thing about it. Because several of us, have, I mean, saw Aliens first, and mm-hmm. it made perfect sense. Yeah. Right, that's a good point. I mean, point. back then. Yeah. You need just the tiniest bit of backstory, just a little bit of backstory <laughs> from Ripley in the situation, just to, and you get that within the first 30 minutes. Yeah, I think and there's, then, yeah. I think there's like a tendency with sequels to do the same thing all over again. You know, like there's a lot of sequels that don't do well because they're literally just the first movie again, and it seems like that doesn't really work unless you bring something new to the table and add to it, like you said, but don't conflict with the first one. Yeah. So yeah, I think you wrapped that up really well. Um, so guys, what's your like one sentence elevator pitch for this movie? We'll start with you, Stephanie. Like, What would you say to someone that hasn't seen it before? Ooh. Oh, why on earth have you not seen this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it, yeah. yeah. Uh, how about Josh, how about you go next? Say I. Uh, Great action movie, cool sets, cool props, great story. Yeah, uh, Josh is big on the props. We mentioned it. You guys can't see this on the podcast, but we've got quite a few props up here. We'll take pictures and put that online so you can see those in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. And yeah, we mentioned Stephanie is also cosplaying as well. So yeah, it, it def- I think visually it had an impact on us for sure. Um, what about you, Nick? What's your elevator pitch? Um, I think it'd be like, hey, did you like Alien? but you just drank like a 12 pack of Red Bull, go watch Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you touched on it earlier. It's like the perfect sequel where it's, it's like, perfect um, sequel. it goes in a different yeah. direction. So it's not like you're comparing it so much to the first one. It's exciting and, and it's it doesn't fun to watch. Anything. Right. Never. Yeah, yeah. It, it just adds, it yeah. never takes away. It never does anything weird. Um, and, he, and you can tell, He's doing an homage to, to the alien. He's doing mm-hmm. an uh, homage to, to Ridley Scott in his first one. It's like, I had to take what he gave me, but then I got to do my own thing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did it damn near perfectly in my mind. But for my elevator pitches, uh, do you like Marines? Do you like guns? <laughs> yeah. There's lots of really cool, like, Stu- new new weapons we yeah, get Yeah, that's see. true. We didn't touch on that a lot, but all the weapons are all really weapons interesting. Tree, like all the all the ship. We actually see a military ship. Like what a military... Because like, the first one... What was it? The Nostromos. The Nostromos. Yeah. It's a mining ship. It's a yeah. big, hunking... Like, basically, it's an oil rig in space. That's what it was based off. And then, then we have, like, a military ship. Yeah. Which, um, before we get out of here, I have to mention, everyone needs to download William Gibson's uh, script for Alien 3. Listen to it. 
that is the Alien 3 you would always want to oh, see. Oh, I didn't know William Gibson wrote a script. He wrote a oh, script. Cool. It's on Audible. It's Michael amazing. Bean All right, guys, I think too. we are at time. So oh. I appreciate you guys for coming out. Before y'all leave, can I take a photo of y'all before we oh. jump out of the room? Um, you do like one of the selfie or something? Oh. I could just take it. But um, thank you guys so much for coming. I know it's early. Does anyone want to hold really some guns? Yeah, and if you want to come up and hold guns. All right, guys, bye. Thank you so bye much. Bye-bye. Bye. No, thank you for coming. Thanks, everyone.